Welcome, everyone, to the G-Note Podcast. I am your host, Jason Spicy G. Goldman, and I am a Grammy-winning record producer, arranger, and musician. I've been a music professor at USC for over 22 years, and I am most known for writing and producing music for the iconic Michael Buble over the past two decades. This is a podcast for musicians who want advice and strategies on navigating the music industry. If you're not a musician but a music fan, I promise there's plenty in here for you as well. On this pod, we talk all things music. I'll be giving you tips and life lessons I've learned over my 30 years in the business, and I'll top it off with a dash of my humble opinion. On today's pod, we are talking about the art of not being in control all the time. Let's go. Okay, everyone, this is a tough one for most artists and musicians to swallow nowadays. Everyone feels they need to be, quote unquote, the one. I guess kind of like Neo from The Matrix, right? The one that makes the decisions and steers the ship. They're the chosen one, right? After all, they're the ones responsible for their career and the success, all the success, right? Well, the truth is most of the great albums you hear are the magic of a team of people despite what many artists would want you to think. From the producers to the musicians, the songwriters, the arrangers, to the engineers, it's honestly a team effort. Most of the jobs I do as a producer or arranger put me in the positions to to not be in control at least half of the time. My role is more of serving the artist or doing what the label wants um, than doing what I think is best all of the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm always honest and give my opinion, but I, I don't get my way all the time, for sure. This is not how it actually used to be, though. Hear, hear me out. People had their roles, and they're, you know, back in the day, I say back in the day, but it's really not that long ago, you know, you know, uh, maybe, let's say the 90s for right now. Um, people had their roles, and there was trust that people in those roles would do the best job they could to get the best music. While artists having full control of a project on occasion could be a good thing, that's just not how it used to be. And we used to get arguably better music. And I know the term better is subjective, but for the sake of this conversation, let's just say that better means the vast majority of people like the song and would listen to it anytime it's played. Let's think of like uh, Hotel California by the Eagles or. Um, here Comes the Sun by, by the Beatles, or even Africa by Toto. Anytime those songs come on, the majority of people will be either singing, of, singing those songs or just be listening. Some of you may have heard the name Quincy Jones. Um, he's one of the most iconic producers of all time. Originally, he, was, uh, he played in a lot of jazz groups uh, back in the day. Then he partnered up with Frank Sinatra and created two of the best records that Frank ever did in lots of live concerts and did a lot of arrangements for him. Then he ended up becoming one, uh, one of the biggest producers because he ended up producing two of Michael Jackson's biggest albums of all time, um, Off the Wall and Thriller. So uh, Quincy Jones discusses in an interview, actually, you can find it on YouTube, about a difference of opinion he and Michael Jackson had uh, on the song Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, which Again, off the, this is on the, the record Off the Wall, which is one of the biggest selling records. If you look it up, Quincy Jones talks about how MJ wanted to remove 
that really memorable string line that is arguably one of the most defining and memorable parts of the song. Um, right? The part that's like, right? He wanted to remove that uh, because MJ felt it was ruining his groove. But Quincy wasn't having it. This was at a time when artists and producers had to trust each other. Turns out Quincy was right. Today, it's 99% of the time, it's the artist's way or they find someone else to do it the way they want it. Now, again, I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that's bad all of the time. However, most artists' strengths are just, they're just not producing. They're not producers. And honestly, and this is going to sound probably even more controversial, many artists don't know that much about music, to be quite honest. Again, I'm not hating on artists. Please don't say that at all. There's plenty of artists out there who are not musicians that are maybe just great vocalists or maybe, you know, uh, just great at playing the guitar. But the point here is to trust in the team and trust that people who are amazing at their jobs will get the job done the, to the best of their ability. When streaming became popular, it was seen as, you know, this, the great time to be an artist. It was like the great equalizer or something. Uh, now artists, now, now that this streaming happened, now artists can do whatever they want. They don't need a label. I mean, after all, they're the artists and they're the reason the music is so good. But I would offer that music as a whole became less good, actually. Sure, record labels were unscrupulous and, of course, shady as shit, but they were quality control. They were interested in creating the best songs and product so they could maximize the dollar. Yes, we know. I'm sure there's people going, well, that, may, that sounds like the evil establishment. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're not wrong, but at the same time, the, the labels created memorable artists and bands and songs. Where are the memorable, the big memorable songs now? Right? I always ask people this. Where's the next Don't Stop Believing? We're, we're actually really hurting for, for hit songs now. For those of you thinking to yourself, well, that's just what the masses want. And, and, and I'm more of like an indie kind of person. And, and I say this, I get it. I'm definitely not saying there is not a lot of great indie music. That's not what I'm saying. My issue is that people used to walk around singing music and getting excited for music releases and just feeling music. And the truth is, is I just don't hear people singing music on the streets anymore or caring about music. I know this is a topic for another episode, but it's important for context moving forward here. Yes, labels were evil in the grand scheme of things. People, people believe that. But they were also the ones that were willing to develop artists. For those of you who aren't um, savvy to this, they used to develop artists. They would give uh, artists multiple albums to get it right, to develop a sound. The Beatles, they weren't an instant success. Think about Green Day, not an instant success. Think about most artists before 2000, right? Before streaming, they, this is, that was the process. They would, the, the label would invest a lot of money. Yeah, they would hook these artists into crappy deals. But they were, again, arguably doing something beneficial for the artists in the long, long term. And sometimes I feel like artists forget about that. Now, I'm not defending labels, really, and what they used to do, but 
we should keep in mind that the labels were willing to take risks. They took risks. If an artist didn't pan out, that was a lot of money that they lost, right? Um, the, uh, so the idea was that the artists that they believed in were the ones that they were willing to develop and willing to put money into. Now that just doesn't happen so much anymore. And at that time, the artist was part of the process, not in charge of the process. The bottom line, folks, and I have to, you know, I had to learn this as well. You have to learn to trust other people in the creating process, especially if they have a reputation for being amazing. Sure, it may not come out the way you want it, but it may be way better than you ever could have imagined. And the more ears you have on the project, to me, usually the better it ends up becoming. If it's not what you want in the end, go a different route. But learning to not always be in control is actually an incredibly important attribute, not just in music, but, but in life. One final thought here. Artists, it's a collaboration, which means, yes, you still have vital input into um, the nature of the project. It's totally acceptable for you to tell everyone your vision and try to get the most of, uh, of out of every out of everyone on the team, the producers, engineers, etc. But it's also important that once you give and explain that vision, that you let those people around you try to work the best they can to accomplish your vision. And it's important to remember, they want you to be successful because if you're successful, that means they're successful, right? If if the project ends up winning awards and you produced it, or you arranged it, or you played on that record, that is something, number one, you could put on your uh, resume, of course. Number two, the artist will likely want to hire you again because you did such a fantastic job, and hopefully they recognize um, all of the people that helped out. And so, like I said in the beginning, it's a team uh, process here, and you have to trust that other people can do the job. Hence the art of not being in control all the time. All right, folks, we have come to the end of this episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this pod so you can stay up to date with new shows, giveaways, and more importantly, and I say this all the time, so you can come check out the concerts. You got to know when they are. You should come out, watch my big band, The 17. I think you're really going to love it. You can also follow me on Instagram at SpicyGMusic or check out my website, JasonGoldmanMusic.com to see what projects I'm currently working on and to see when I'll be performing next. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Much love. Peace. Peace.